Hello everyone, welcome to Anyway That's All I Got, the show where we talk about movies and occasionally try to sound like we know what we're doing. I'm your host, Sam Nolan. Who the hell are you? I'm Anthony, and I'm here because I have nothing better to do. Congratulations, Anthony. Hey, you. Don't think me, I don't see you Me, me, oh, me. Yes. Oh, hello. Yes. I'm Jason. I'm also here. I'm, I'm third co-host. Hi, Jason. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm just fine. Uh, yes, this is a really, even. really weird intro. I'm feeling especially whimsical this week. Ooh. And there's a good reason for that, because this week, as you can probably tell from the title, we're talking about some animated movies. Uh, how did we come up with this topic? Wish I could tell you. I don't remember what... Just because. Just because. Just because uh, just episode. Well, actually, we kind of... I think subconsciously, we kind of wanted to do it as sort of a catharsis after two weeks of this systematic breakdown we've been doing yeah we wanted to do something a little more freeing a little more uh uh open-ended and it's it's sort of going to be the calm before the storm because the summer's coming and this also is not just any animated movies right we're excluding very specifically uh we are we decided that we only have one rule for this which is no disney and no pixar because they, yes. Jason's happy about this for yes. some, for some uh, unforeseeable reason. I like, I like other uh, animation companies more than Disney. But there's, hey. there's a lot to be found because Disney and Pixar have done the majority of the most popular animated movies ever made. And so if we were going to talk about those, it'd just be, it'd it'd just be, be episode. rehashing a lot of episodes, uh, a lot of uh, points that people have made in the past. We wanted to sort of focus on lesser known or at least lesser talked about animated stuff because it's animation is kind of like this entire other art form from live action they have their own genres and stuff and their own artists that just associated with animation uh and voice actors and everything getting into animation is a totally different process Mm -hmm. from getting into live action there's a lot of different kinds of yeah animation yeah like 2d 3d stop motion all sorts of stuff yeah a lot of the times animation is reduced in people's minds to, oh, it's cartoons for kids, <laughs> which no. a lot of times it is. But there's this, I, I think there's this whole other side of the animation world that is more mature, I'll say. That might not be the best word, but it, it's like, it's, it's deeper and more devoted to the art form rather than entertainment. And there's nothing wrong with entertainment. Uh, I like being entertained. Who doesn't? I can Are you not entertained? <laughs> the the movies that are not necessarily meant for kids, although some of them uh, kids can watch. How'd you guys go about doing this? Was it hard? So what I what I just did is I looked for movies that I've seen that I want to tell people about, animated movies that not a lot of people know about, mm-hmm. or or and I'm also going to be talking about some. Some just good throwback movies. Okay. Some, some nostalgia. Some, yeah, some nostalgia ones. Uh, yeah. I just I just love to talk about. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the way I ended up going. Very nostalgic. And what my my criteria for this was: Did I like it back then? And does it hold up now? Mm-hmm. And a lot of them didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. You know, because a, a, a problem that I have with animated movies is I think people just kind of write them off as ah oh, they're kids movies they don't need to have substance yeah. but boy is that wrong uh, I think there there are so many smart animated movies that, that like they're called family movies they should you know they should be involving for the whole family like can your dad watch it can your mom watch it and can your kids watch it right. I think 
just because it's family friendly doesn't mean it can't be good. It can't have high quality writing, humor, mm -hmm. characters. You know, it bothers me that some people just write it off. They're made by adults, so it makes sense that they put stuff in for yeah. adults to enjoy. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, uh, I know we said we weren't going to talk about it, but Pixar is very notable for putting in a lot of really good adult jokes mm -hmm. that you don't notice. Like, I'm sure there are still some I don't even know about. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like what you said. You go back and you watch these things from your childhood. You start to see the... You start to poke holes in mm -hmm. it. It's like, oh, okay. Why did the character they make this choice? Stuff you would never even consider exactly. as a kid. You're uh, just along for the ride. Considering man. structure, I suppose, would be how I would put it. Yes, as we mentioned, we're going to do sort of a, a free-flowing discussion. It's been a while since we did this. Uh, we did it for Guilty Pleasures, and we thought this would be a good time to bring that structure back. Uh, so we're just going to be sort of, you know, chatting. It's be a relaxing chat. Hopefully, hopefully, animated. hopefully relaxing. Nobody's hopefully gonna be relaxing. frothing at the mouth like <laughs> last week. Yes. Who would would anyone like to go first? All right. Well, um, the first Ice Age. Yeah. Uh, it's a great, like great movie. I thought, but rewatching it, it really like it's like the the animation style early. So I, you know you can't fault it too much because it's early experimental still. But boy, is it, it just bad! Looks bad. It, it looked bad. Like there's just like a random tree in the background that doesn't oh, look like no. a tree, and there's just like you know miles and miles of dirt that just looks like they didn't finish rendering. What were those rhino-looking things? What uh, were they supposed to be? I don't. I guess they, you know, just weird prehistoric, prehistoric uh, mammals or something. Yeah, but. It, Aside from that, it's a really I I, I really so liked it. I liked it a lot, that's and good. that's good. Like you know, it's a surprisingly dark movie because <laughs> there's a scene in the towards the beginning where Diego um, and his his saber tooth pack they're they're oh, planning on hunting this, this family, and they 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 talk about how they're gonna kidnap the baby alive and torture it, oh and then kill it and then eat it, and like. Pretty, they get into a fairly gruesome off the movie, pretty much? Pretty, like, it's in the first few minutes. <laughs> cool. I mean, the movie opens with Scrat, and that's pretty great. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's a pretty dark movie. Like, there's there like there's betrayal in it, like, real betrayal. Not like, hey, you, you took back your word and you lied, like, in some movie. No, like, they were going to kill Manny. Betrayal. They oh, were going to, they're, they're, they talk about slitting his throat, Ooh. and it's like, this is a rough movie. Wow. But it's so good. Wow. And as I remember really... Uh, its reputation has kind of been tarnished by the sequel. The sequel stuff. Which we'll, we'll talk about someday in the future. I'm probably. sure. I'm there's sure there, there's I'm what, sure five we'll, of them? Four. Four or five? I'm sure we'll do an Ice Age episode eventually. <laughs> we could. <laughs> I didn't see the most recent one because... I haven't I seen any one. of them after... I only watched the first one. Did you leave after Queen Latifah showed I just, up? I was just bored. <laughs> I, I did not love any of the sequels. But yeah. the first one, really great. I think it held up really well. Awesome. Yeah. That's good to hear. Uh, one one that I would want to talk about, I'm actually going to be kind of quick about it because I championed this movie uh, numerous times throughout my podcast uh, lifespan, is uh, actually my favorite animated movie of all time, which is Don Hertzfeld's It's Such a Beautiful Day. <laughs> Uh, which I've recommended to probably everyone I've ever met. <laughs> it's Such a Beautiful Day. It's technically a collection of three 20-minute shorts uh, that Don Hertzfeld did over the span of, like, seven years, I think it was. Uh, and, and they all follow Bill, this uh, middle-aged man, totally boring guy, who one day, out of the blue, 
uh, finds out that he has a mental disorder that is causing him to lose his memory. You, you basically put together that it's some form of Alzheimer's or something like that. And it's all done in this really crude sort of 2D animation. It's all pencil drawn. Uh, and it never uses all of the frame. Like part of the, most of the frame is always blotted out and it's just one little circle of light that's just stuff is happening. And, and it's, it's all done by narration who is, that is Don Hertzfeld himself. And he always sounds really sad. And it just takes you on this wild journey of what would it be like to be losing your memory just with every second, bam, another memory's gone. Like you'd be reliving the same moments over and over again, just in some desperate attempt to grasp onto something, no matter how mundane the moment is. And it's just so sad to think that all the stuff you've ever done in your life is just gone in an instant. And you're the only person who knows it. And once it's gone, that's it. It's gone forever. And it just, it ends in the most melancholy, <laughs> beautiful way I can imagine. That just, it brings me to tears every time. Good. I, I, I love it to death. It's, it's, it'll tear you apart, but it'll also give you hope in lots of stuff. It'll make you appreciate a lot of things more. It's really sad, but it's also really, really great. Every single person who knows him is, has a huge amount of respect for him as an animation genius. And I, I hope he keeps working for a really, really long time. But yes, that's, I've talked about that movie before. Uh, yeah, it's such a beautiful day. I guess we're going in a circle. Then Jason are we going in a circle? Or something? We don't have to go in a circle. Yes, this is a no, no. We'll keep going. No holds barred in this episode. We can go whatever. Um, it's anarchy. <laughs> Since you're talking about certain like animation directors, yes. I'll just I'll just start talking about a different one. Mm. Don Bluth. Nice. We'll talk about some some. Or actually, I won't talk that much about Don Bluth because mm-hmm. one of these I saw recently, really really loved. But the other two, it's been a very long time. But I remember really liking them. Don yeah. Bluth, uh, he made uh, American Tale, yeah. All Dogs Go to Heaven, also Dragon's Lair. Yeah, and the Land Before Time. And Land Before Time. Oh, Land Before I remember um, that. The Secret of Secret Nim. of Nim is the one that I'm going to be talking about though. Good, I, good. I I watched it recently. I, so when I was little, for some reason animated movies certain animated movies really really scared me <laughs> I could not get past the opening of Aladdin ever mm. as a child yeah. or I did but I would like scream and cry <laughs> I <laughs> I couldn't handle Sword in the Stone Oh, I remember that one that was very scary to me and I could not handle Secret of Nim because it was a real it was a real emotional movie and I couldn't handle that when I was a kid and yeah. cats scared me that's all I remember from this movie as a child I watched it recently, and it is beautiful. Yeah. I, I I watched a couple of clips from Don Bluth's other movies, but they're just so wonderfully animated. They look beautiful. He he really, uh, it's like darkly really colorful. Yeah. Like it's 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 very colorful, but it just makes you feel gross, kind of, uh-huh. especially in Secret of Nim. Um, it's like at the underbelly of the world. Yeah, basically. It's kind of got some, like, watership down moments where it's, like, it's kind of like, whoa, yeah. they, can't show, they can't show this. This is, like, actually scary and, like, terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it was just, that, that's also a good nostalgic one for me. Um, I, I think all of these have just had moments that, t- that like, traumatized me as a child. I don't know about American <laughs> Tale. It's been a long time since I've seen American <laughs> Tale. Yeah. Yes, in that same vein... Uh, you talked about Watership Down. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about Martin Rosen. 
who directed that. Cool. Uh, and and another uh, animated movie called The Plague Dogs, which yes, is... Yes, I have not seen that one. Really, I've really good. Uh, most of Watership Down. Yes. I've not seen all of it because... That's, that's sort of not. Thing. I was not in the mood to finish it that day. Yep. I liked it. I was just not in a, in, in a good mood to finish Watership Down. I was like, oh, there's too many characters now. I'm angry. So yeah. what's that one about? Well, the... Rabbits. So the thing... Rabbits. <laughs> yes. The thing that started uh, a lot, in, starting in like around the mid-70s, is uh, talking animals is a cliche of animated movies, basically. And it right. even dates back to like literature and stuff, way before Disney sort of popularized it. Um, it's a cliche that's always been associated with kids' movies. Like, if it's a talking animal, that means it's a kid movie. Uh, Watership Down is not a kids' movie. It's like mm-hmm. it's like a story that like Homer would write or something. It's like a um, it's like the Odyssey. Animal Farm. It's like that. It has a lot of like really religious. So uh, Animal Farm was turned into a kids' movie. Was Animal Farm turned into a kids' movie? It was. I I, I don't. I never read the book, but that's not a kids' book, right? No. Well, <laughs> the so, movie is pretty. So it's kind of a it's kinda movie. like it's kind of like Watership Down. So they take the idea of oh, talking animals and they make it they make it really dark. Yeah, right. That's, that's basically what It's sort like, of a what-if like, story. Yeah. Like, like, what if animals could really talk? What would it be yeah. like from the perspective of mistreated animals? Right. Say, for instance, like, especially in The Plague Dogs, it's about these uh, dogs that are sort of being experimented on. It's never really stated no. what they're doing. And they just, all they want to do is just see the outside world and go out. And it's really, really specific animation. Like, it's sort of hard to describe, but you'll notice that animation directors typically have a very specific look about them. And I think Martin Rosen, I really wish he'd done more because these worlds that he make that he makes are very sort of bleak um, in an honest way. Again, going back to that whole underbelly thing. It's like sort of the, the dark side of this fun fantasy talking animal world. What would happen? What what would the animals be like that don't have the best yeah. uh, circumstances? Honestly, Secret Secret of Nim is a little bit like Watership Down in a way, but just like Watership Down has no comedic relief in it. No, not at all. all. No, it's it's full depressing the whole time. Yes. Um, Secret of Nim has a couple little things in there, but still pretty depressing mm-hmm. and sad. It's. But, I think Secret of Nim is a little more appealing. Oh, to it's, it, children. it's definitely way more appealing. It would never be my favorite as a child. No. But I'd, I'd watch and I'd be like, yeah, I want to watch Monsters Inc. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, as a it, boy. It, it's really, uh, you know, it's it's just it'll it'll take a lot out of you. And in all honesty, Watership Down and Plague Dogs are not the most interesting movies to watch. Like, they do drag on a little bit. Yeah, I think Watership actually peaks at the beginning. It does, With yeah. that whole little, like, story it tells of the rabbit. Uh-huh. I sort think of, that is amazing. And then I sort of the that. subsequent, like, escape mm-hmm. and everything. And then the rest is just sort of running away from mm-hmm. stuff. And, it's, and Plague Dogs is very similar. And they're both based on books by the same author. Really? So it makes sense that they look and feel really similar. Cool. Um... It, again, like they're not the most like they're not gonna blow you away, but they're jef- they're definitely unique and they're definitely different, and I think they deserve to be talked about. Plague Dogs especially because Watership Down 
is often touted as, oh, it's the movie that you know my my parents thought was a kids movie, and they showed it to me. That's and the then, only. But that's the only thing I hear about the movie. Exactly, it's how messed up it is. I never hear anybody like praise it for being amazing. I just hear about how messed up it is. It, the shock value goes a lot way, yeah. and and honestly. Uh, in terms of like fulfilling story, it's not bad or anything, um, but I think the animation is unique enough and the story is interesting enough and sort of, it's it's steeped in like legend sort of and myth um, and there's a lot of really, I've, I've started doing the research, I can't even begin to comprehend some of the connections to like the Odyssey and everything. So yes, that's, that's sort of the dark side of talking animals. Should we move on to a positive talking animals, though? Let's do. <laughs> Surf's up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Surf's up is, is incredible. Surf's up is... <laughs> this is one of the first movies we kind of bonded over. We did. <laughs> Talked about that sea urchin. The sea urchin. Yeah, that is a classic broken, one. Broken, 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 broken. He danced on me. <laughs> This oh man, this movie is is hilarious. I uh, I read some of your review, Anthony. Yeah, this is one I rewatched. Yeah, and it not only held up, it improved. It, it improved. Surfs up is kind of forgotten nowadays. To be it honest. is. Well, uh, fun fact: they made a sequel. But with, with, with the WWE, WWE wrestlers. It's just one of those you know tack on because the <laughs> WWE they kind of take over like they. They, they've done Scooby Doo. They take stuff. Like they just, they just want to kind of gross. They want to get you when you're young, I guess. Yeah, man. It's, and they it's kind of really ruin these up. properties. It's really <laughs> messed up. <laughs> I haven't watched it, and I don't ever want to. Hopefully, yeah. it was straight to video or something. I think it was. It was. It was. Okay. Like John Cena's in it. Vince McMahon shows up. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Come on. But it's called Wave up. Mania. Yeah, that's what. Wave it. Mania. Just some. I thought this movie was perfect. <laughs> really? Like, it's a bold statement. Like. I, it, they I'm nailed with you, man. this movie. I'm with you. Like this, this has so much substance in it. The mockumentary style. Mm-hmm. Like this is one of the movies where it's like, like no kid cares about. Oh, it's a mockumentary. That's an interesting take on the animated genre. No is. kids doing that. Uh-huh. But the it's the adults that that's for. It's it's filmmaking. They're they they're they're trying to do something new and creative with like you know the talking heads, the interviews. And I uh, my favorite part about this movie was the um, the character work. It's real character work. You know, and I think it can be summed up with um, the um, with Jeff Bridges' character Big Z in the, in the kind of the <laughs> that's Jeff Bridges. Yeah, that's yeah. Jeff Bridges. Oh my goodness, he, he's basically playing the dude as Penguin for That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. But All like the characters in this are beautiful. There are They're shots like, like, of him swimming, uh, surfing in the tube, the the, the wave tube, mm-hmm. and then he turns around and then he puts his hands together and bows <laughs> to the ocean. And it's just the wave. like that, that moment, those little moments, kids don't care about that. That's, that's real character work. And it's, it's, it's showing that he's a character who respects the art of what he's doing and respects the ocean in which he's doing it on. And that's like, that's like substance. It's, it's depth. It's character work. Yeah. And they, they kind of contrast that. And I really tank. Tank is to really every fun. single character in this is great. It's Name perfect. any character in this. They're all fantastic. Arnold. Arnold, the little kid. The little kid, Arnold. <laughs> he's great. Oh, goodness. Uh, Stank, Tank. There you go. Yeah. Um, he's great. Great soundtrack. Great movie. Yeah, it's got a couple Green Day songs in there. Yeah. yeah. And the only kids them. movie to have Green Day songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I it's, bet there's one. I bet there's yeah, some. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's a fantastic movie. 
Um, yeah, they, they really went all out. I really want to go rewatch it. <laughs> Dude, it's awesome. I, I remember. Have, I remember the trailer affecting me when yeah. I first saw it. I was like, Whoa, like, well, because it, it opens, epic. it opens with that kind of like grainy footage of like the classic like that, that of all the surf like building how penguins piano and music, surfers, yeah. and how like they really went all out with the with like the like the shaky cam. Mm-hmm. What they did, I watched the behind the scenes. Very interesting. All, most of the dialogue was like improv, improvised, and so, something I always love is when animated movies they bring the cast together into one room to oh they actually did yeah that? Oh, a lot of most yeah. animators don't they yeah, record everyone separately they, they, yeah this one they had they like it was Zoe Deschanel Shia LaBeouf and John Heater all in one room together recording at the same time that's awesome which is it really makes the chemistry feel real and it adds to the realism of the movie and it adds like like the shaky cam and then like it's grainy because it's and then <laughs> water quotes water gets thrown on the lens even though there's no real water it's like they really went all out yeah, it's it's a really fun movie. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, and I love Shia LaBeouf in it. Deserves to be talked about. In this, no one talks about this movie. Yeah, and it's it's great. very underrated. It's great. Very underrated. Awesome. I'm glad that uh, <laughs> you watched it more recently. It's been years. It's, I love that I've it. It's they, been it's been a few months. This is I watched filmmaking. it over. Yeah, guys, this is film. It surfs up. It was filmmaking. <laughs> the brilliant surfs up. That's wonderful. Yeah. What else you got, Anthony? Um, I can talk about ooh the Iron Giant. Iron. Oh, I would love to talk about that too. I this is another one I rewatched recently. Brad Bird directorial debut mm-hmm. knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. You know I what? So how, when was the last time you guys? Watched so this? I watched this when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure I watched the whole movie as a child, yeah. but I only remember the first half. I watched it. I think last week. It is beautiful. Yeah. It looks amazing. No, they, they nailed it. It really is. Uh, that scene where um, the, the hunter shoots the deer and then he, he reaches his hand out and he's, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what dead is. And that's like, you, you don't notice lighting in cartoons. <laughs> I noticed the lighting in this movie. Like, how often does that happen? Mm-hmm. And then, like, that scene, like, the, the, the sun rays, his hand goes in front of them. Yeah, the, it's a really, the forest looks incredible. It's, like, they, they, like, they really... The lighting is amazing. Yeah, and it's, I think it's a great story about um, being, like, you breaking out of what you're perceived as. They, he gets called a gun multiple times in this movie, and he's like, I'm not a gun, I want to be Superman. And there's that... So many great moments where, like, oh, yeah, he finds like the like a gas station S. He puts it on his chest. Like, I'm Superman. <laughs> what do you remember from this? Have you seen this? Never seen it. You've never seen Iron Giant. Oh, no, I man. recommend. I think you'll appreciate you would, Giant Blind Spot. I think you'll definitely appreciate this. And then he, he comes back in Ready Player One <laughs> as a weapon, which is so <laughs> kicks oh, butt. Yeah, highlight <laughs> of the movie cool. for me. That's cool. Yeah, it's a weapon. <laughs> It was awesome. Yeah, sort of contradicting what, Little bit. what it seems like the movie's getting at, but yeah. whatever. It was fun. Sure. It's Spielberg, so it's okay. He can do, he, he can he can ruin it. It makes sense in the context oh, wow. of the movie. Gets a free pass for better or worse. Makes sense. Yes, yes. All right, that's all I got for the Iron Giant. What do you got? I'll, I'll find some weird transition here <laughs> with uh, children and a larger being okay. that they're kind of friends with, my neighbor Totoro. There you go. Uh... This is, I've only seen a few Studio Ghibli movies. This, Spirited Away, which, are we going to talk about Spirited Away in a little bit? Or should we just, have we talked about our feelings on Spirited Away? No, I don't think so. I've been afraid to. I think we have to, I think we've got to face the music. I think this is the time to do it. 
Uh, okay. Sam, you go first. All right, I'll take everyone. Everyone, let's just rip the bandit off. I'll take. Yep. None of us <coughs> like Spirited Away. I think it's okay. It's yeah, that's I did, I that's where I'm at. It's okay. It looks really nice. Um, I like some of the ideas in mm-hmm. it, but overall, I I just kind of get it just doesn't work. Yeah. for me, I don't think. And you know what? Let's use this as an opportunity. Okay, if you love Spirited Away, which you probably do, uh, we want to know genuinely. Like yes, we. What is it about this movie in particular that everyone finds something in? Because I've asked people, and like, and they they can never people, really. Yeah, say. people can never tell you. They're just like, it's so cute. It's beautiful. It, it is beautiful. It is. But I think a lot. Tell of, me, tell me. I think some fans of anime, definitely not all, but some fans who are just maybe kind of just now getting into it, mm. they don't really. They just they just like it because it's anime. And I think there's some of that with this movie. Okay. Where they like they know this is the anime that has probably the widest audience, the you know, the grand the on a grand scale. Yep. And I think they they want to like it, so they kinda of talk themselves into liking it. At least that's how I went about it. We've we've done that. I, yeah. I don't even no, we've all done. Start with oh it. yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I I think there is an element to that. But there must be something about this. I'm movie. sure there is. Like this one in particular, more than Totoro, more than because uh, yeah, I I love I love Totoro. Yeah, I just I couldn't I couldn't get down with Spirited Away for whatever reason. I was really really liking it mm-hmm. when she turns in she goes to the spirit world for the first time. I was loving it. At yeah, that yeah. But then too. it just kind of like gets boring once you're in this crazy spirit world for me. Yeah. I get kind of bored by it. And, and I, I shouldn't I shouldn't that. be getting bored because it's because it's, it's such a cool world. There's so many cool things about it. Like all all the different kinds of like little citizens of this of this yeah. area. It's amazing to watch, but I just I can't put my finger on it. I it's, just, it's really detailed. It's really vibrant and everything. I guess there's see, you know, there's kind you know, of a coming of age story, but maybe, I just don't feel it. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's the vibrant thing because what I liked, I really liked the part where they're on that train on the water. Yeah, that's a great. Do you guys scene. like that's that? That's a great scene. I like a lot that of people. Scene a lot. Love it. Yes, I really like that because scene. I think maybe that's kind of the disconnect where it's such a vibrant yeah. world. Because in the not scene on the train, it kind of takes you back. It's mm-hmm. like it's just there's actually great shot of the they're panning by the island with the little house on it, and you kind of get the outside perspective and. They're, they're interesting. They're, what are they? Ghost shadows on the train? I don't remember. Yeah, spirits, 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 or something. Yeah. And it's a very it's you know simple simple drawing, simple art, and it's very calm. The music's good, and you know it's just kind of it just kind of lets you take a step back. And that's what I found to be the best part. And maybe that's why I didn't like the rest because it was just too busy. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So I think it, so. If you love it again, yeah, you probably you, do. Uh, we'd love to know because we got some good comments last week uh, defending Guardians Two, and they actually defending made some good points. Yeah, no. Weirdly enough, after we did that episode, I found a lot of people who really like Guardians Two, like mm-hmm. people on YouTube, reviewers who really actually <laughs> enjoy it and yeah. defend it. Which, but yeah, let us know about Spirited Away because I would I would just love to read what other people think and possibly watch it again. We'll let you know all the all the places you can. You can comment at the end of the show, but for yeah. now, uh, let's get back to Totoro. Totoro, Totoro is really great because it's. I think it's more focused on like the family of this one over at Spirited Away. Spirited Away, I I don't really feel a connection with the girl in it. Yeah. Um, but the the two two girls in Totoro played by the Fanning sisters, 
both of them, yeah. which is which is really cool. They're both they're both in it. Um, it's just it's just really fun to watch them kind of just run around, scream, find <laughs> these furry forest sprites. I don't even know, and they're they're really cute. But then they just have this terrible situation going on behind the scenes. They have some darker, like sad stuff going on yeah. with their lives that they can't deal with all the time. Mm-hmm. So they have this downtime to just hang out at their house and find these magical things, which kind of help them deal with what else is going on in their yeah. life. And it's, Help, it's, helps them cope with reality. It's, it's really beautiful. It, it's, t- it touches on a great theme that I've noticed in a lot of anime that I've seen, which is the balance of fantasy and reality. Mm-hmm. How, like, there are really, really beautiful parts of the world, and there are amazing parts of the world, but there are also sad and difficult parts of the world. And as hard as it is to acknowledge, you can't ignore those parts. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're just going to be there no matter what. And I think it's really, really well handled here. It's a really gentle movie. That's how I would describe it. And it has just a beautiful scene of them flying, which makes me cry every time I watch it. Yeah. Uh, Well, the two times I've watched it, I cry because it's really beautiful. Yeah, it's good. It makes me want to watch Spirited Away again. (laughs) And, like, see see what I'm missing. Because I think we're definitely missing something. Yeah. That's what's happening here. Because we're in the vast, vast, vast minority. (laughs) Definitely. So, yes. Yes, <laughs> we are. By all means... We get crucified. Yeah. People. Convert us. Please. Yes. I never Please. thought I'd say that. Please. But, yeah, it's awesome. I love, I love a, that you brought that up. That's uh, another transition. Let, uh, Clever transition. Think of one. I'll, I'll do it. Uh, let's, let's talk about another anime about uh, fantasy versus reality. Um, this is another director I'm going to talk about, uh, Mamoru Hosoda, who is not the most well-known anime filmmaker, but everyone who knows him absolutely adores everything he's done. The four movies he's known for the most are The Girl Who Leapt uh, Through Time, The Boy and the Beast, and the two that I'm going to talk about, which are Summer Wars and Wolf Children. I'll just sort of briefly explain each one. Summer Wars takes place in a world, uh, this world actually, believe it or not, um, except there's this big sort of, what's the word, uh, massive multiplayer online game. and it's called Oz, O-Z, as in the Wizard of, but it's not related to that. It's sort of like uh, the Oasis in Ready Player One, basically, except without all the pop culture stuff. It's just this game that everyone plays, and it's so ubiquitous in society that people put, like, people work through this game. Like, it's a career and everything. And like, they have jobs in the game? Can run your whole life. Wow. Yeah. You could do nothing but play this game and still be successful and everything and suddenly this evil artificial intelligence is set loose in the game and because everyone is vested so much into it it is capable of it's going to sound so ridiculous when i say it (laughs) hijacking a satellite and crashing it into a power plant decimating the earth right naturally while this is happening there's a really small contained family Ozu style story <laughs> where where which, which which one is this again Summer Wars this is Summer Wars okay. yes this is Summer Wars um, and basically it's sort of juggling both of those narratives and you just see this small group of people who has to sort of band together to stop this artificial intelligence you would not think in a million years these two stories would blend well together but it's 
perfect. Really? It's perfect here. And I can't put my finger on why it's perfect. It just is. It's so <laughs> emotional and it's so real. Like this is like this was made almost 10 years ago, but this is a world that we could totally see happening today. It doesn't treat technology as this evil thing that will be the downfall of us all. It's it's more like it's this privilege we have, but it's also kind of a burden and how all this technological advancement is a responsibility on the human race to use it wisely and to not use it to screw up everything and how it could screw up everything and we have to make sure that it doesn't because technology can do a lot of great, can also do a lot of harm and we have to make sure that we're doing more harm than good in it and it's magnificent. Like I cried multiple times in this really in this movie and it's it's so wonderful. Like it's like a lot of anime. It's really it has this really distinct look. It's really vibrant. Now I couldn't get enough of it. Is this your favorite from this director? Nope. Nope. <laughs> that would be Wolf Children. Wolf Children. Uh, Wolf okay. Children tore me to pieces. I could not believe how effective this story is. Okay. This is the plot. I kind of the poster and I was like, okay, well, this is another silly plot. Okay. What happens? Uh, there's a young woman in college. Uh, she sees a young man, takes a liking to him. Turns out he's a, a werewolf. <laughs> liking a for a liking. He's a freaking werewolf, but this does not, it doesn't treat it as a fairy tale. How toilet? They overcame all the odds of, you know, society and everything. It Shut up, Dad, I love him. Within 10 minutes, they're married, they had two children, and the father dies. Well, they Wolf were fat. Children. Inexplicably. And this mother is left with these two children who are half human and half wolf, and when they get angry, they transform into wolves, and the whole movie Whoa. is just the mother dealing with it. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> It is heartbreaking to see this, great. how this mother cannot even take her kids to the doctor. Like, there's a great shot where one of them is, like, sick or something after eating, like, a silica packet. And it's it's this beautifully convenient street corner where on one side there's a there's a children's uh, doctor and on the other side there's a veterinary hospital. And she's like, I don't know which one to, which one to go to. And she decides, you know what? I'm just going to move out to the country, raise them in secret, and it's not as easy as it sounds. Because yeah. they have to learn to live off the land, and they eventually, the kids want to go out and see the world and be kids. Because although they're wolves, they're still children. And they're dealing with this identity crisis, and the mother is in the middle of it all having to handle everything. I can't even describe like how much you are rooting for her to succeed in everything. Because you see all these things that might go wrong, and you're like, how would you even know where to begin so with are the kids, having wolf children? Are the kids, like, are they bratty, or are they just kind of... They're just, are they they're just, just kids. Just, they're just regular kids, like, you know... Like, do, you, do you like the kids? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Because some movies, they if, if they want you to root for the mother, they'll make the kids just Satan's little demons. <laughs> no, they're not Hellions. They're okay. not Florida Project. That's interesting. You know... <laughs> bad kids or anything they're just kids you know they get upset they get whiny they get angsty it's right. it uh, i forget how old they get but they get like through high school age is how uh, wolf puberty wolf puberty. <laughs> yes the middle part of this movie and i'm not going to give away anything but it ends on just the saddest 
most beautiful note I can ever think of. It's honestly might be one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Like I can't. I've sell never this seen anything by this guy, but apparently he did a lot of he early, early Digimon stuff. A lot of stuff. the Digimon stuff, which I never Digimon, got into. One Piece, uh, this show that I wanted to watch, uh, Samurai Champloo. Yes. Just like hip hop and samurai. It, it wasn't until like the mid two thousands when he sort of broke off from that and started doing this own thing, mm-hmm. and it's like that was one of the smartest choices yeah, you've ever made. You've got all, some, these all look incredible. He's got another movie coming out later this year that I'm now stoked for. I can't wait. Anyways, that's Wolf Children. It's wow, sounds sounds incredible. Utterly fantastic. Yeah, I want to watch it now. Could not get enough of it. Does anyone have some sort of clever transition? Clever here? transition here. Yeah. Um, Speaking of satellites, okay. Did <laughs> you talk about that before? Maybe I did. Um, I watched Batman Beyond the other day. Hey. <laughs> that's the most clever thing I could come up with. Awesome. Um, not quite as heartbreaking. Yeah, but it's pretty good. Yes, this, this is my favorite uh, animated superhero movie. So I put this on just because I knew we were doing the episode, and I and I remember liking it. But this is another one that is way better than I remember. Yeah, <laughs> and ages like a fine wine. It really does. Like this is an old movie. Like this is in terms of animation. Um, but it's is I this this proved a couple things to me. Okay. Um, I. I'm, I've always been a fan of Batman, but really it's the character work. Mm-hmm. So like, th- this proves that the, the world of Batman and Gotham, it kind of transcends the character and the the classic stories like Mr. Freeze and Catwoman and all those. And now we're in a future. We're in the future. Like Bruce Wayne is like in his 80s now, and he's he's not Batman in this movie. He's he's old. He's Bruce Wayne. He's he's. And yet he still is incredibly important to the story. They're not just kind of shoving him aside as some, you know, passing the torch movies do. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of beyond Batman. You know, you know, this movie's great because it had Bruce, Bruce Wayne still has, it's like he's got, maybe it's part, you know, the history of the character, maybe it's part Kevin Conroy returning as Batman always, always. Yeah. It's, always his presence in the movie is powerful. The, the animated series is okay, but this movie is so good. The Joker has been dead for years. Batman, you know, they, they have a great flashback where they kind of take you back to the um, young Batman, Batgirl, Robin, Harley Quinn, and Joker. The Batman we know. The Batman we all know and yeah. we love. They show what happened as they, they show Joker dying, basically. But now in the future, where where Gotham is kind, of, you know, there's like laser guns and weird villains, and the Joker returns somehow. I won't say, but he returns. I, I didn't love how they made him return, but I think it works overall sure. because it's just great to see the Joker back. Mark Hamill, yeah, Mark he's Hamill's my favorite. Fantastic. He's my favorite Joker, hands down. Um, as uh, I love him. Because he comes back, he's he's not eighty years old Joker. It's not like he's been hiding. He's the young Joker, and Bruce Wayne looks just horrified. He's like, "No, it can't be!" And then the Joker kind of takes over. He has new henchmen, and there's a wonderful scene where right before the flashback, in the Batcave, Bruce Wayne and the new Batman Terry are there. Terry wants to go fight the new Joker. He's like, "No." This can't be. But he doesn't know the history of the Joker. He doesn't know all the terrible things that the Joker has done. 
and he says, oh, whoopee cushions, whatever. But then, <laughs> you know, Batman... This is the Cesar Romero joke. Yeah. <laughs> and then Batman looks over... Bruce Wayne looks over at all the old suits. We, You know, it's kind of like a nostalgia thing mm. where we see Robin's suit, Batgirl's suit, Nightwing's suit. He, he, they do the... It's like a beautiful animation where he, his, his eyes just kind of drop. And he, he asks for Terry's suit back, the new Batman suit. He, you know, can fly, it's got wings, it's cool. And um, he's he's reflecting on what happened because in the flashback I won't give too much away, but the Joker does something so heinous and so horrible that it it totally just broke everything. It broke down Batman. It broke down Batgirl. And Robin just I you I can't describe what it does to Robin. Bruce doesn't want this to happen again, and he's reflecting. On that, and it's a beautiful scene of, you know, this this wouldn't have worked if Batman didn't have a well written history, a well written, you know, a well developed yeah. character, and yeah, I just really love this. All movie. the years and years of setup to sort of build off of. Yeah, and you know, it, it's sort of like it sounds to me like it's sort of the Batman version of Logan a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. You know, and sort of the unforgiven angle. A little bit where. Like, Bruce realizes Batman is an important figure to Gotham, but he's done harm to the people closest to them. Mm. And it's it's really a beautiful story, and it's great, and it's entertaining, and the Joker's awesome. That's all I got. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds like it. Jason, you got Sorry, something for us? I want to watch that right now. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about Perfect Blue. Let's talk about Perfect Blue. <laughs> Perfect Blue is... Perfect Blue is a hard crazy. film to watch. Yeah. Um, so, for those of you who have gotten lucky and have seen Perfect Blue, <laughs> have somehow tracked I it down, found it somehow. Oh my goodness! I can't tell you how long it took me to find. It's <laughs> not. It is not what I was expecting when I first no. watched it. I expected a a straightforward psychological horror or psychological thriller. There's not a lot of straightforward psychological thrillers, but I expected it to just be pretty plain. Uh-huh. But just it would be anim- anime, so it was yeah. it was going to be a little different. Uh-huh. Um, it was very different. Uh, it was <laughs> had, it had a scene that I I almost had to skip. That never happens. Yeah, and I I've seen a lot of messed up movies. I've never had to skip a scene. Yep. I didn't end up skipping this scene, but uh, it's still it just—it's still just rough to watch. A little bit, yeah. Um, this I would—I've compared this movie before to Black Swan, which is one of my favorite movies. You—you—if—if if you're a big fan of uh, uh, Darren Aronofsky, you can see a lot of influences. Yeah. Uh, can we just shorten the name to Darrenovsky? Darrenovsky. <laughs> just for I say it sometimes. Yeah. Darrenovsky. Mm-hmm. And it's while we're at it, how about Bendelson? Bendelson. Yes. Yeah, I'm fine with Bendelson. Bendelson. Great actor, by the way. Moving Um, on. (laughs) Yes, Perfect Blue. Nameless main character that I forget is uh, a part of Cham. The the hottest. The hottest band. Mm -hmm. It's a a girl band consisting of three, three people, including her. She does not want to be a part of this group anymore. She wants to transition to... Acting a different kind of fame, a different kind of fame. She wants to be a movie star because this career is starting to attract some unsavory types. Mm-hmm. That we see right off the bat mm-hmm. some, some little too devoted fans, yeah. I would say. She starts to just go, she just starts to get some weird facts 
faxes in her fax machine. Starts having She's a little a bit little... of an identity crisis. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a ride, my friends. We're being vague. For I'm being reason. vague because I still don't know what to think about this movie. I think going into it, I really didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I knew that. Um, I thought it was just going to be like, oh, there's there's a guy trying to kill her. Yeah. Because, uh, I don't know. Uh-huh. That's all I knew about this movie going into it. I just knew nothing cause... about it. I went into it. It was wild. <laughs> it's wild, it, yeah. it is wild. It is a ride. It's hard to pin down. It is very hard to pin down, especially when it ends. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. So like, what? Wh- why, why there? Why end there? One word in particular, just why. Yeah. And also how. Also how. What I got most out of it, it's like, it's sort of a story about what it means to be famous back when this, it was not like sort of done a lot. Mm. This is back in like the late 90s. It's, it was sort of an emerging idea, you know, the idea of the young female pop star or whatever, sort of learning the dark side of fame, uh, unfortunately. And it's really like it doesn't. It's it's unforgiving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a rough one. It's a rough one. Oh, let me tell you, it's a rough one. You know, it's a rough one. But I I would recommend it if you can find it. If you can if you can suck. find it, watch it as fast as you can. Because what is it, like, it is a journey. Is it like okay. hit buried treasure or something? You so have to you, find can, you can find it on Amazon, but you're not gonna find one for probably less than $40. Really? Yeah. They are expensive. Mm-hmm. Even just DVDs of this are like, most of the ones I've seen are like 60 to $100 really? just for a DVD of this. Yikes. Um, would you say it's worth, it's, okay, so there's very few movies that I would, I would pay $60 for. <laughs> this is not one of them. Yeah. Um, I would say that it's, it's worth looking around for. Yeah. Maybe not Poking paying around. a lot of money for it, but look for it, try to watch it, it's great. Yeah. If you can't watch it, watch Black Swan. Or, or watch something else by this director. It's directed or, yeah. by uh, Satoshi Khan, who most famously did Paprika, which is noted for being the thing that, air quote, Inception ripped off. Yep. Which I can see a little bit, but I think this is really, it's, it's really uh, sort of an interesting take on like the human psyche. And another really good movie called Tokyo Godfathers, which is sort of an interesting deconstruction of what it means to be homeless and have nothing. It's it's sort of the common thread is examining types of people is this director's sort of of framework that he works in. So yeah, anything by uh, Satoshi Khan you can find is most likely worth whatever time and effort you have to put into locating it. Yeah. Shall we talk about something something a little more recent? Yeah, let's talk about something a little bit more recent. Oh, thank you, Jason, for restating my thought. Does it start with a Y? No. Okay. It does right. not. Okay. Uh, I don't know what you're thinking of. I was, I was thinking of your name. I don't know if you've seen that yet. I have seen that. You uh, have seen that. Didn't... Were you planning on talking about it? It was very good. Uh, probably not. Okay, that's but fine. I thought, I thought that was going to be the recent. It, that's it, the most recent one I can think of. It is one of my honorables. Check out your name. It's, it's wonderful. But the one I am going to talk about is an animated movie that came out in 2016 that did not get nearly enough attention, which is The Red Turtle. Oh, of oh, course. Of course. The reason I you've heard of it is because it was nominated for the freaking Oscar mm-hmm. for Best Animated Feature, and still nobody bothered to see it for some reason. It, it was, I believe it was produced under Studio Ghibli. Um, 
and and still that wasn't enough. What it is is it starts out very similar to Castaway. There's just a man on a boat and gets shipwrecked shipwrecked on an island. Except instead of a volleyball, there's this red turtle there, the titular character. And that's all I'm gonna say because stuff starts to go down after that. Really, revelations happen early on that I did not know going in, and I was like, okay. Huh. Is it a pretty tame movie? Where is this going? It is. You're making it seem like it's like really crazy. No, no, no. no. It's it's not like Perfect Blue. I'm talking about like just it's surprising. Okay. And it's just a great survival story. You know what it means when pretty much all hope is lost, and yet because of just that human urge to survive at any cost, you will do whatever is necessary to keep yourself going, and. It has no dialogue at all. All all that is is just a few incomprehensible grunts and stuff. Besides that, totally wordless. Really? And it just it takes place over years of time. And this I've said I think I've said this about every single movie I've talked about, but it's just beautiful. And I won't say too much because I just don't want to give away what happens. Yeah. Because uh, it really surprised me, and that surprise carried out throughout throughout the rest of the movie. But. Uh, it's great. Yeah, I love it. Uh, can we talk about some cell animation movies? Sure. Let's you know what I'm let's talking do. about. Uh, maybe. But cell. Yeah. So cell animation. I I believe this is right. I this I might be completely wrong. So I'm sorry. I I believe cell animation is where they take they film something and they take what they filmed and they color it in. They color oh, it in the cells. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. So I'm gonna be talking about Scanner Darkly. And yes. Waking Life. Yes, Richard Linklater. Richard Linklater, one of my one of my favorite directors, just because he he has very Linklater things in his uh-huh. movies, and you can kind of tell which which ones are his. But but his movies are pretty diverse. Different. Like got a really really diverse really, film. Yeah, it's, it's really incredible. It'll go from um, like the Newton Boys mm-hmm. to Before Sunset, to Before Sunset, to School movie. of Rock, to. Yeah. Scanner Darkly. Uh-huh. Uh, to Waking Life, to Boyhood. Yeah. To Last Flag Flying. I think, yeah. He's, I think... Richard he's, Linklater directed School of Rock? Yeah. Yes. The movie? Yes. What? No, it's the animated comics. It's insane. What? Yeah. I need to re-watch this. It's great. <laughs> Turned it that off. That is great. Wow. wow. Linklater's great. Yeah. Scanner Darkly is pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I like it. I think that... It is convoluted and really kind of confusing, Yeah. actually. I honestly didn't get it, but my favorite part about it is... Just the look. Is the look and the acting, I think. I think Robert Downey Jr. is really, really great in this. Yeah. He's practically... Woody Harrelson... As are, himself. Yeah. Because I believe... Those two together it, are really, really funny in this movie. And Keanu Reeves as well. I believe mm-hmm. what they did was they, they filmed it in live action. They didn't do all the lighting or anything, but they mm-hmm. just got it, and then they just basically... Turned it into animation. So, so did they oh, do so it they with like a, on doing it? Was this like a motion capture type thing, or like did, were they wearing weird suits? In a I think sense. I think they just filmed it, and I think they color they hired people to color over the cells yeah. of the film. I uh-huh. think because that's what he did with Waking Life. I'm pretty sure, but Waking they hired a, a Waking Life. <laughs> now, Waking Life, I wouldn't really recommend to a lot of people. Did you see this? Yes, I did. It's it's very existential yes. and just say pretentious. pretentious. Yeah. Yes. It is. It's very um, pretentious. But I think it I I I'm always saying this pretentious is not necessarily yes. bad. And if you're a fan of animation, I would 100% watch this because they hire a bunch of different 
artists mm-hmm. to do different scenes. There's certain characters who are animated in a certain way, interacting with like completely different looking yeah. uh, animations. It, it's it's really really weird. It kind of messes really with you. For it a really does. Um, like what? Whoa! Whoa! What is happening? I, I love I love this style of stuff. I, for something about the the cell coloring, really clicks with me, and I, I really love it. Um, that's why I really like Scanner Darkly. That and I, I thought the uh, the acting was really fun. The story I couldn't tell you what was happening. It was yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> couldn't tell you what was happening though. It's mostly a style thing. Yeah. Um, there is there is a good story there. It won't blow you away or anything. It's sort mm-hmm. of just like how our identity sort of mm-hmm. fades away. Yeah, they have this, they have this really cool. Uh, what is what is what is oh, it called? I, the I don't even way? know how to. Describe I don't know what it. it's called. In but the in the future, the law enforcement has this technology that makes them look like they're constantly changing their appearance. Mm-hmm. Like part of their face will be one person, and, and then another it's part just constantly one. changing, and, and cameras cannot yeah. pick up who you are. Nope. And just one of the opening scenes is just Keanu Reeves wearing that. Yeah. yeah. In in a room full of people, uh-huh. like just staring at him. It's weird. We're yeah. probably describing it really weirdly. It is, but it is a weird movie. You just have to see it. Don't yeah, I I would watch it just to see cell animation. Uh-huh. I think I think it's worth it just for that. I think it's it's a really cool idea. Yeah, and looks really interesting. I I hope Richard does another animated movie with maybe a little bit more of a, an angle. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit more more pointed uh, storytelling. But you know, I I love those other two. I'm glad that you brought them up because I wasn't going to. But yes. Uh, awesome. Anthony, do you have anything else? I'll take us back to uh, something a little more contemporary. Okay. <clears throat> I love Futurama. Oh, okay. I see. Uh, I know. My favorite. I like it too. They have, they, they released kind of four little movies after they were canceled. And right before they were brought back, they released these four movies. And the first one is called Bender's Big Score. Yeah, and it, I, this this movie is so good it should have been theatrically released. <laughs> really should. Like I, there have been days where I'll just be at home and I'll watch all four of these movies. Mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, they have um, Bender's Game, Beast with a Billion Backs, and Into the Wild Green Yonder. So ben, I'll talk about Bender's Big Score because this one is like pretty. They really go all out with the the plot in this one. It's really like, emotional. Really is. <laughs> I can't believe it. Like it gets to you at some t- parts, and it's like Fry finding himself, and there's time travel. It's really well done. Time time travel. This movie is very interesting. Like they all record in the same room together, yep. so they can play off of each other. You can and, tell. Which is interesting because like Billy West does multiple voices, Billy. and John DiMaggio does multiple voices. So they're like. They'll have a conversation with each other. It's like <laughs> Fry and Zoidberg, both Billy West. It's interesting. <laughs> There's a lot of clever, like, oh, we were canceled by the Box Network. That's right. And uh, it's <laughs> they really get creative with this. Um, the the time travel and it's I don't know. You can you can probably be more articulate with how they emotionally kind of string you along. Possibly with Lars. Yeah. Well, what they sort of do is they sort of. They do what, it's, it's right after they've been canceled, and so you can tell they're sort of trying to perhaps go at it from a different angle. Yeah. More of like an inward-looking angle. They're sort of saying like, okay, people seem to love this show. Why do they love it? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's find out. Let's sort of play around. Let's do a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that we haven't done before. Let's go 
freaking nuts. And they did. They totally did. And it really worked. And you can see how that sort of fed into the second mm -hmm. portion of the show, uh, post-cancellation, I suppose. Also, it's Futurama. It's freaking hilarious. It's just <laughs> one of the greatest shows ever. It's probably my second favorite animated series ever. Of course, The Simpsons is number one for me. Yep. But, you know, I, I can't get enough of Futurama. It's wonderful. It's such a funny series, funny movies. I think Bender's Game is probably the funniest for me. Yeah. But this, I think, just the substance in this movie is, like, they really went all out. Like, they did, they, they took a chance here to be emotional, but keep the humor, and it definitely paid off. Oh. Yeah, Bender's Game. It's like Bender's <laughs> Game. Speaking of Bender, what, is, what does Bender start with? A what B. Is, a B. Uh, what letter in the alphabet is before B? Hey, hey. All right, anomalies. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say. <laughs> wow, that was brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean connections. Come on, guys. Um, let's talk about anomalies. This, um, this is a Charlie Kaufman yep. movie. Animated Charlie Kaufman. Movie. It was a great reputation. So you know it's it's gonna be weird, mm -hmm. and it is. You know it's going to be emotionally and a bit cynical. Mm -hmm. I love this movie. It's, um, it's a bit off-putting at first. It's very, it's very off-putting. The claymation—they don't try to hide the fact that they're clay dolls. Mm -hmm. Like there's a part where uh, this author, played by uh, wonderfully by David Thewlis, his face falls off and mm -hmm. he just picks it up and is like, "Oh, what a bother!" Mm -hmm. and puts it back on. Yeah, everyone has a little, a little seam, a little seam. Yeah, right along. Their, their face, uh -huh. like to kind of like take off face, put on another one, and like face off, like <laughs> face off with Travolta. You're like, what is this? What is this? And, and then, then you're like, why is this person's voice so annoying? Why, why does, does every everyone single sound person the same? have the same voice? By this, basically, everyone has the same voice mm -hmm. except for David Thewlis and this young woman he meets, who's Jennifer Jason. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yes. Um, her voice is really lovely in this, actually. It is, yeah. Which is surprising because we were talking about how, the first thing how piercing her voice was in, in Hateful Eight. Eight. It's really relaxing and beautiful in this movie. Yeah. Um, you um, sort of try to piece it together. You try to piece it together. Like, why does his wife sound like this? This, and is, then this is a little weird. Two minutes later, you're like, oh, everyone's everyone has this voice. It's definitely going for something mm -hmm. a little bit more abstract, mm -hmm. uh, which is not what I was expecting. Honestly, as soon as you get past that, it's actually a really sort of interesting story about this just bitter old man who hates the world mm -hmm. and perceives everyone as just being the same person. And it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. But then suddenly he sees this one person, the air quote, manic pixie dream girl. And it goes from there. Mm -hmm. I won't say what happens. Garnered a lot of attention from people. It's basically... I think it was... Was it nominated for an Oscar? For best animated, I imagine so. Um, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, uh, fun. I I think it's a really fun movie, actually. If if you haven't seen it and you're gonna watch it, um, don't expect anything. Yeah, don't like, expect anything. Um, cause yeah, it's it's not what you would think it is from like reading the description mm -hmm. or anything. Um, and as as like crazy as some of the plot things seem, it's it's a pretty tame movie. It's really kind of relaxing. It's really slow. It's, it's really kind of, you know, just kind of methodical mm -hmm. in its pacing. Mm -hmm. It takes uh, place mainly in a hotel most of the movie. Yeah, in Cleveland. Cleveland. In all places. Yeah, it's 
yeah, clear to, clear to see why why people like it. I'm glad we brought up at least one claymation mm-hmm. thing. Uh, I could bring up a second one. Sure, Coraline. There you go. I love Coraline. Coraline is, I think, my favorite anime. Wait, was that claymation or was it just animated in the style stop of motion? Claymation? Oh, I guess it's stop motion. Yeah. Anyway, uh, whatever it is, it's not live action. One of my favorite books as a child. I I remember seeing this. Uh, at, at one of my friends' house for the first time in 3D with the with the purple and, and green 3D glasses, <laughs> Boy, those which are, are terrible, guys. terrible by the way. Red, blue glasses, green. Those awful to watch those movies with. They terrible. Hurt. It hurts. They give you paper cuts in your it ears. Hurts. Ooh. Everything is like colored. <laughs> mm-hmm. The color. You just of kind of like Tarantino, just like it hurts. It hurts. It hurts me. It shouldn't. I know how good my coffee is because when I drink it, I want to taste it. <laughs> Uh, I just remember having the the greatest night ever watching Coraline. I, it, 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 it was scary, it, really beautiful during the garden scenes. Uh, it has a, a moment that shouldn't be in a children's movie at all, and it shouldn't be in it like at all. I don't see how, I don't understand how they got away with that. Also, fun fact: this movie matches up with uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with Pink Floyd and matching up with it, it, You'd be surprised. Do people do that we put on, on We put on uh, to match up with it. The amount of times people have said that it matches up perfectly. It's, it's, just, it's so just coincidental. And almost every single movie works with it. Right. I, I saw a video about Paul Blart, too, yeah. matching with it. Really? With, with uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Wizard right. of Oz is the most Wizard of Oz. Um, I tried Batman Forever with... <laughs> I can't remember which Pink Floyd album worked though. Worked out, worked for a little bit. You're just you, these are just experiments that you're doing. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. wow. Uh, try that. Try it. it you'd be, be surprised. Fun. You'd be surprised. Uh, Coraline was the first thing me and my friends tried with the wall. It matches up perfectly at the beginning. Middle, not so much. Beginning, literal, perfect. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, awesome. But it, it's just it's just a really fun time. Really scary movie. Also one with. Uh, Dakota Fanning in it. Maybe I just like Dakota Fanning's voice. Yeah, Coraline, great. Okay. Uh, Anthony, how many do you have left? Just one. Okay, let's do it. Let's All do right. one more each. One more each? Yes. Okay. I alluded earlier, it's The Simpsons movie. I should have hey. known. It's, I love <laughs> The Simpsons. I think it's the greatest show ever to be a show. And, oh, Thomas. There, look, there Thomas. Always interrupting me. Thomas the Brain Engine. Is it always you? The last couple times it has been. Always contributing. Well, congratulations, man. The Simpsons, like, it's one of the most cleverly written shows ever. It's It has a lot of heart in it. Yeah. And um, fun, so imagine having all of that and then ma- deciding, let's make a movie. Wait, how many seasons were there before the movie? So this... Or how many episodes were there roughly before the movie? Episode, I don't know episodes, but I believe this was... Uh, when was this? Uh, came out 2007... So they were on season almost 20. What they did was That's a no, no writer was there since the beginning. By the time they were conceiving really? this movie, there was a complete overhaul of writers, new writers, everyone. And they, they get like whoever's hot out of Harvard and stuff <laughs> to write for The Simpsons. <laughs> Like for real. We need so someone new. Who's hot out of Harvard? Harvard? Really? Like that's how they do it. Really? And um, wow. SNL does the same thing. Uh, well. And um, so <laughs> what they did for the movie was while the new writers were writing the show, they had the class, James L. Brooks, Matt Groening, Sam Simon, Al Jean. Uh, Conan O'Brien came back? Conan O'Brien did not write, help write the movie, mm-hmm. but 
My personal favorite Simpsons writer, John Schwarzwelder, had a big part, and John Vitti. I love The Simpsons. I know other writers, producers. so much. Yeah. It's so much. Wait, these are all people who wrote for the movie? Wrote the movie, yeah. How many, how many people? There was a lot. They, wow. they, they it still works. They basically, it works. Well, I mean, it, it works. works. That it never works. works. Because yes. they, they did it together. They, these yeah. were the original writers of the series. So they just came back and like, hey, let's pick up. I think it was two, four, six, eight. Yeah. It was like 11 writers. 11. Wow. And this is not just any ragtag team. No, these are Simpsons writers. writers. And this was like, this isn't just an extended episode of The Simpsons. This is a movie like that has plot uh, stakes there's a big dome that goes over Springfield man <laughs> it's so challenging to pull it off and they made it so funny yeah they were is. able to kind of add a little because it was a uh, PG-13 movie I think and this was this was so huge when it like it's unbelievable oh, yeah. how they like it's so easy to ruin this they could have ruined everything with this movie but it's it just blows my mind and it's so rewatchable and I love it and that's all I got they were smart about it. They yeah. did the same thing that the Futurama movies did, which mm-hmm. is sort of, it's this whole town that we've come to know over 20-some-odd years. What if Springfield were about to end? Mm-hmm. What would happen? Like, what would it bring out of these characters mm-hmm. that we've never seen before? Yeah. It's, it's great. Albert Brooks is the villain? Of course. It's great. I love it. Arnold freaking Schwarzenegger <laughs> as the president? <laughs> well, Get technically, out. not Get actually out. Arnold. Just uh, President Schwarzenegger. Yeah, who who I think is Harry Shearer. Who I was the latest to lead, not to lead. I'm not to lead. I miss Danny DeVito. Awesome. All right, Jason, you want to go last? Yeah. So I'll talk about something really quick before my number one. Uh, it's it's a really great show. It, it's a short series on uh, Cartoon Network. I believe there were only uh, eight episodes mean. over the Garden Wall. Yeah. Really beautiful, well made show. Yeah. Uh, if if you like. Just kind of cute little tales yeah. uh, with like really nice, warm, like comfortable animation. That's uh-huh. the best way I'd use to describe it. Yeah, a uh, little bit of scary stuff. Watch it. It's 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 amazing. Uh, but so my main my main number one, or this isn't like a number one, like my favorite of all time. Yeah. This is just turned out to be the last thing I I, I forgot to talk about. Uh, Akira. Yes, Akira. Akira. Mm-hmm. The best part about this movie is um, like the, the neon animation and the really, really cool soundtrack. Mm. It has one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. It, it, uh, it's really like steampunky, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Back, back before that was huge. Mm-hmm. Just, it's, it's, it is a dark movie. Way darker than Way I darker expecting. than I, I thought it was going to be based yeah. on the beginning. I, I thought it was just going to be like action. I thought it was going to be action, too. I didn't think it was going to be, like, superpowers turning into... The decimation of society as we yes. know it. A nuclear warfare, yeah. sort of. Post-traumatic stress. Uh, the list goes on. Explosion, exploding people. Yeah. Uh, what else? <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else bunch to of say other about stuff. It. Yeah, it, it's just... It is a ride. It's It's a little bit more than two hours long, I think, so it's... If you're not into anime movies, I would actually say that this is like a a good entry really? level thing. I mm-hmm. think interesting. Um, people say like Studio Studio Ghibli. I'm I'm talking like like crazy anime yeah. stuff, like the the crazy side of anime. <laughs> I would say this is like a good entry level thing. I haven't seen a lot, but this is this is one that I've seen that I I really enjoyed. Yeah. 
And yeah, I, I would recommend it to everyone. All right. So Let's I go to you. So I guess I'll go last. Uh, I'll do the same thing. I'll mention one really quickly. Um, I another one, another recent one I've championed, but I really, really love Loving Vincent. I think yes, Loving mm-hmm. Vincent was good. I, I rewatched it. I rewatched it actually. It's yeah, very good. Yeah, it's it's really good. I think deserved more attention than it got. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I'm going to talk about, I'm going to do another director. Um, when it comes to style over substance. This director is the guru of that. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about the genius Rene Laloux, who oh, directed Fantastic, Fantastic Planet, Planet yeah. and Time Masters and Gandahar and a smattering of other shorts. Um, for sci-fi nerds like me, this is one like one of the hidden holy grails of sci-fi is everything this guy ever did. Everything he ever made is uncharacteristically stylish. Like, I can't even describe it. The best way I could describe it is that every frame looks like the cover of some sort of weird, like, sci-fi paperback novel from, like, a used uh, bookstore. Everything is really detailed, really specific, really vivid. It, it's, it's all stuff that sort of looks familiar, but is also very clearly on an alien planet. When it comes to the story, all of them, every single one of them, is somehow about sort of that revolutionary ethos of fighting back against the oppressive singularity, uh, you know, fighting for individuality and freedom, you know, just freedom of expression and of action and everything. And it's just so one of a kind. Even from just the side of the plots, like the the plot of Time Masters is that uh, there's this you know there's this enormous planet of all this weird sort of wildlife that we've never seen anything like before, and there are giant mosquitoes that hunt down and prey on human beings, uh, and there's this little kid that gets trapped in one of the forests, and so there has to be a rescue mission to go to go uh, to go save him. And they come across this weird species of amphibious flying lily pads. And every once in a blue moon, they open up and a bunch of little seed-looking things come out that turn out to be, you know, multicolored Morlocks or whatever that, you know, that don't understand material value and are really cynical. And somewhere along the way, they come across this big cult of identical, faceless, white, naked angels. And I don't mean white like Caucasian, like they literally look like marble freaking statues. And they worship and pray to this giant orb of pure energy or something like that. All three of them have weird stuff like that. Like a kaiju monster will suddenly show up or there'll be you know, it'll suddenly jump a thousand years in the future. All sorts of fun stuff. And what you start to realize as you as you keep watching more and more of these is that no matter how crazy or bizarre or outlandish these worlds seem, they're all dealing with the same problems, which is the classic good versus evil. Fighting for freedom is so universal that it can permeate throughout space and time and logic and all sorts of stuff and in the end 
good will always prevail, but death and violence are always just around the corner. And it's really enlightening and it's really interesting to watch. And if for nothing else, it's just fascinating to, to watch. It's aesthetically dynamic. It, it kind of scared me. I watched a little bit of Fantastic Planet one night and it was very late and it kind of scared me for some reason. So That's not off. even the weirdest. I one. turned it off, to be honest. Time um, Masters is like twice as weird as Fantastic really? Planet. Yeah. Cool. Um, just, they're all really short. They're like an hour and 10 minutes mm-hmm. each. If anything I said interested you, just play. Just watch whatever you can. It's nuts. It's all so nuts, but they're about these very universal things, and it really becomes enlightening after you see a certain number of them. Uh, I probably went on too long about that. We probably went on too long in general. We thought this was just yeah, going to be a short do. little episode, but we're so long-winded that we just can't shut the hell up. So anyways, I think that's about all we got for this episode. Uh, we got a lot of things on the horizon that are going to be a little bit stricter than this. So this, consider this the calm before the storm. Um, let us know what are some uh, animated movies that you would recommend. Something a bit lesser known that maybe not everyone's heard of. Um, or at least that not everybody talks about. You can comment at johnnegroni.com or you can email us at ataigpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can follow us at, uh, on Twitter. I totally forgot to say this last week. <laughs> at AnywayCast. Uh, we post all our updates and stuff and when the episodes come out. Uh, we are thinking about doing a Q&A episode. So let us know. Would that be interesting? And would you be willing to send in questions and stuff? Yeah, feel free to ask us questions anywhere. Letterbox, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twitter. It, it's anywhere. all a matter of getting enough to do an episode. Um, and as we mentioned before... Let us know what is it about Spirited Away. That's, <laughs> that's what I really want to know. That's what we Spirited Away. We'd love to know. We're not saying this in any, any sort of condescending way. Like, no. Genuinely I, curious. Because um, there are things to like about it. Definitely. But I just can't like all of it. Yeah. Don't, we're, can't tell you. We're tell missing you something. Yeah. So let, and even if you don't, even if you're not going to convince us, just let us know what it is that we're missing or refusing to understand that. Anyways, uh, I think that's about all we got. I'm Sam. I'm Anthony. I'm Jason. And we'll see you next time.